Hi friends and awesome moms. What you're about to hear is a conversation I had with my mother, which reflects our last class. I brought up some of the questions that came up in our awesome mom session in order to further our understanding, gain more clarity, and perhaps fill in some gaps. My mother, Mrs. Horowitz, is a parenting expert. She's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore and has done a pretty good job herself. She's also graciously shared her curriculum with us. I hope that our little rehash will help us continue in our pursuit of awesome momness. And with that, Ima. Okay, so hi, Ima. How are you? Great, Barash and Madel. So nice to be here with you. Amazing. Um, thanks so much for giving me your time. I want to ask you about something that came up this week in our group, in our awesome mom group. That's what we call it, our awesome mom group, um, because it's just a bunch of moms that are all awesome and want and wanting to learn how to be even more. We were talking about helping children develop a sense of belonging. And we said that we do this by having the children of all ages contribute so that we can create a positive cycle. They contribute, then they feel needed. They feel like they belong to this unit, to this family, to this home, and continue contributing. And that's a very positive cycle. First, before we go into the topic, is there anything you would add to reinforce how either how important it is for children to feel like they belong or, or any, like any, anything insightful about con- contributions or, you know? So to underscore the importance um, uh, of, of contribution, um, children who grow up in families where their contribution is not needed, where there's a lot of help in the house or their, their help is not um, accepted. And this is, a, this is a big one because even in houses where um, help might be you know, needed and parents um, appreciate that the help, um, we, we live in a, a, a society of perfectionism, um, especially we like things done perfectly. And therefore, a lot of times our response to the, the contribution that's made by children is anything but perfect. And we often send them the message that, um, oh, what you did is cute, but it's not, it's not really you know, going to be used or it's not really needed. It's just something that's, that's like cute. Um, just a, a simple example of, um, you know, children bring home projects that they did in school, like a honey dish for Rosh Hashanah. And it's made out of plastic and it's, it's has glue all over it and it's ugly. And, um, you know, many parents will say, oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. But it never makes it to the Rosh Hashanah table. It never makes it to the Shabbos table because it's ugly. And um, so the message that we clearly send the child is it's not good enough. So you, you cannot contribute to our Shabbos table because you're not bringing home a silver and crystal honey dish. You're bringing home a piece of plastic that has glue all over it. We hang up things in places that nobody will ever see it. A kid, child brings something home from school, a painting or whatever, and it doesn't get hung up in, in, a, in a, a, a prominent place in the home. It gets hung up in maybe a bedroom or in the basement, or it doesn't get hung up at all. Um, the message that we're sending that we don't mean to send it, but very often the message that we're sending is that unless it meets a certain level of expectation of perfection, then it's not good enough for our house. And 
so the two messages that are sending are number one, extreme level of chashivas, of importance we give to perfection. And then the, and the things that, that you do are not perfect and therefore they're not good enough to hang up so, or to use. So it's, it's, it's not that, that's one way that we send the message that what you're doing isn't good enough and that doesn't help a child to feel like they belong. Another thing is when they actually help out and we go and we do it. So they fold the laundry and when they go to their drawer, they see that that's not how they folded it. Those shirts were not so well folded. Someone had to come and do it again. Or you redo the dishes because they're not squeaky clean the way you wanted them. Um, now, I'm not saying you have to eat off of dishes that are greasy or soapy. But it's important that when you teach them to begin with, that you teach them to do it correctly so that there isn't soap on the dish when they finish. Um, so they understand why it's so important to have the soap off. So it's important when you're teaching them to begin with that you, you go through it completely, you teach them completely. And then also, if something does have to be redone, it's not done in a way that it's clear to them that they're, all the work they did was for nothing. So there's a very big difference between a soapy dish that you can't put in your cabinet and a, a drawer that has shirts that are not, or undershirts that are not folded completely correct. Undershirts don't, doesn't make a difference. They're still going to be able to wear them. They're still fine. A soapy dish nobody can eat of. It's going to ruin the food. So of course that has to be redone, but it should be done at a time where the child is either not aware or done in a way so that he understands that his help is needed and he should please redo it because he doesn't want to eat off of a soapy dish because soap is gross. So it's be done in a way that his, his um, contribution is still accepted and, 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 the, the, and the, the, the importance of that contribution is, um, is, uh, is, is, is um, mentioned. Right. So you're saying you're saying it's it's much more important how we, um, not necessarily how we respond with our words to their contributions. It's more how we show if we really like and appreciate what they did through our actions and and like how how we acceptance acceptance. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's at least as important as. I really appreciate what you did. It's so helpful right. from your, when you're around, you're, you're a great team player. All those things are important to say, but mm-hmm. your actions have to be on, on par with that. They have to be parallel. Yeah. I'm interested actually, because I, I do this a lot. I'm, I'm curious if this is a total mistake or if there's any place for it. When I, um, since I'm, I'm very honest and blunt in no, in a way, I find that when the kids, I'm very genuine in the praise when I really do appreciate it. But when it's really not so helpful, I say, I know this is fun for you and you're welcome to do it, but it's not the most helpful. The most helpful is if you do this and this and this. If you want to do this because it's fun for you, then great. Have a great time. But it would be more helpful if you do it like this or if you do this other, for example, girl likes to cut the lettuce. So I taught her a few times how to do it in a way that's like the pieces are like could fit in your mouth, like in one bite. And then um, and and, and she, she's not so good at it. And she makes big, big pieces. And she puts them in the bowl, but she loves using the knife and being in the kitchen and she likes it. And I, and I encourage her because 
eventually she'll learn how to do it well. And then it will actually be helpful. But I, I do sometimes say like, this is not so helpful right now. It's more helpful if you, you know, read the baby a book so that I can do this fast and then we'll have supper. That's more helpful. It seems like it's like cushioning to say like, oh, thank you. That's so helpful. And then serve the salad with big pieces and have the kids screaming, not really have been helped. Okay. So I think basically you answered your own question, but I would like to add that, like you said yourself, she'll eventually learn to cut it correctly. Um, the question is how often you're saying that. How often are you saying, it's really more helpful if you go do this. It's really more helpful if you go do that. It's really more helpful. If you're constantly saying that, that, that you have to reassess um, you know, what you're asking her to do or what she wants to do or at what time or how you're able to fit it in. Maybe you could go read the baby a book. Um, right. it, it's, it definitely is a turnoff for a kid to constantly told that. As far as praise is concerned, we definitely have a problem in 2020 praising properly. I, I like to say that praise should be um, with three S's, sincere, specific, and um, short. short, short, sincere, and specific. Um, to the point, thank you for helping me with the salad. It helps get supper on the table faster. Um, sincere, you, the pieces you cut this time are better than last time. If, there's, if, you, if they weren't, don't say it. Don't okay. say it. Don't, don't, say, don't, don't say something that's not true. Um, I like how you cut whatever you did cut correctly. If you can say that. If not, then it has to be sincere and it has to be specific. Um, awesome, great, fantastic um, are all nice words, but, but they're, they don't really share anything specific with the child. So really very, very important when it comes to praise, short, sincere, and specific and move on. And, mm -hmm. and children appreciate that. They trust you. It builds trust. You don't tell them things they know they're doing wrong. Right. And, okay. and also don't compare it to what other kids did. You know, you don't have two girls in a row, but for a parent that does, oh, well, Malky does it. She always, always cuts it smaller. Can't you learn from Malky how she cuts it? Next time Malky does it, watch the way she does it. Don't, don't say that to a child. It's, it's not, children do, are not, do, don't have the self-worth yet to accept a comparison well into their teen years. Okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, so actually the topic that came up in the class that related to, con uh, to kids contributing is the topic of rewarding children for their contributions. So it's rewarding for really any positive behavior, but it came up in this case for their contributions. And the question is, is, is there a place to, um, to use a reward to encourage the behavior. So, so specifically rewards that are not related to the action. For example, candy for cleaning up a room. Classic example. If you clean up, you have a treat. It's totally not related. It's totally not like a natural reward that will um, build anything inside. Um, it's just like, you know, training, like um, waving you know, waving the treat in front of right. the kids. So that came up, but I'm wondering in general about rewards like this, but also with contributions, if it's any different. There's, I don't think there's a right answer to this, um, generally speaking, and there isn't even a right answer specifically. In other words, there are plenty of parents that, that give rewards constantly and it works for them. So I'm not going to tell you it's not a good thing. Um, the Gemara does talk about giving rewards that a child should have um, treats. Um, it's talked about by the Seder table. 
the Gemara talks about when a child answers a question properly, there should be nuts given. So, so there should be a certain amount of excitement about learning, excitement about doing things. Um, but I'm not a very big advocate of rewarding for things that a child should feel good about. The reward should be that they did it. So if there's a way to, um, to, to, to encourage by, by the, the positive feedback that they get from what they did, that is much more um, than giving them a lollipop when they clean up their room. That being said, you can do something like, um, well, we all want to have supper now. So as soon as we clean up, we're going to be able to have supper. That's a, not a reward. It's a consequence of doing, we all want to go bike riding. So as soon as our rooms are cleaned up, as soon as the games are put away, whatever it is that we're doing, as soon as homework is done, then we can go ride bikes. Then we can go take a family trip. We want, we're going to do that anyway. Question is when we're going to do it. As soon as you do your responsibilities, then we're going to do that. I wouldn't use any of those words. But I would say we have a trip planned today or we're going to go Sunday afternoon. We're going out for ice cream or we're going to the park, whatever it is. These are the things we have to do first. As soon as we all do them, Ima has to do this. Malki has to do this. Rachel has to do that. As soon as everyone does what their job is, then we're able to go. That also gives an opportunity for chesed. When Malki doesn't finish and everyone else wants to go, Ima can say, okay, Malki, everyone would like to go. I'd like to help you finish so that we're able to go. So you build into... That yes, yeah, it's, it's someone, it's X's responsibility, but other people can help out as well, so that it's it's good for the whole family. It shows, it, it teaches, it teaches chesed. It teaches, you know, um, that that you, you 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 to the extent that you can be part of the solution, you it's a good thing to do. So I'm to answer your question, yeah. I'm I'm much more of the school of of natural consequences, both positive and negative. Um, than to bring in external rewards and external punishments. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big believer in punishments. A, a punishment that's a natural consequence. I mean, if, you're, if your clothes don't make it to the hamper, they don't get washed. It's not that I'm punishing you. It's that the clothes, get wa- the clothes that are in the hamper get washed. So right. if you want them washed, make sure they get into the hamper. That's just a, a consequence of life. If you don't pay your bills eventually... You're going to get into trouble from the company. It's not your, your electricity is going to be turned off. Is that a punishment? It's a consequence of not paying your bills. And that is something children have to learn when they're little. And one of the ways they learn it is if you don't take your lunch to school, you don't have lunch. Now, some people will hear that and say, oh, that's, that's so um, cruel. You're a cruel mother. I think there's a, there's a sad to say that you're cruel if you go and bring them their lunch. Because then, you know, they not, that's a, it's a, a little, most schools have peanut butter and jelly or something to give the kid. They're not going to starve. We're not asking to you know, starve a child, but they don't eat at supper time. Supper's over. The children don't starve. Um, they'll learn that, that supper is supper and, and you need to eat when you're called to the supper table. And, and usually it's, 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 you know, it's never done with anger and it's never, it's a consequence. We're not running a restaurant. So these, these consequences are not, I don't consider them punishments. I consider them a way of teaching a child that there is a say there in a house. There's a time and a place for everything. And everyone has a responsibility to, to be part of things. Now, there's also times when that's not going to work out. And a kid comes in and says, you know, the whole neighbor, neighborhood is playing now. And, and it's, we're in color war. And, and I'm, I'm captain of the team. Like there are times you could say, okay, 
I'll put supper aside for you. But that has right. to be done before the, before the fact, not after supper is put away and they come and go, but I was playing color. Well, no, you need to do that before, beforehand. You need to discuss that. We need to, you know, to decide that you're coming in later. So these are all consequences of being, of, of my behavior. And these are all things of being part of a family. I belong to the house. We eat supper at six o'clock. If I can't come at six o'clock, I have a responsibility to come in and share that I can't come in. That's part of belonging to the home. We want you at our supper table. Okay, sometimes you can't be there because of other responsibilities. Okay, but that, that should be discussed ahead of time. In both ways, this is a lot of what we were talking about is how to make the consequences, the rewards and the, I guess, po- the positive and negative consequences, which we say reward and punishment, but how to make them natural. So that's, that's a lot what we were talking about. I don't know, there's two, there's two things that don't work so well. And one, one is in my experience is sometimes even when you present it in a totally not emotional and a totally natural, like as soon as we do this, then we, then we can move on to whatever it is we're going to go do. But a lot of times that's met with a lot of frustration and disinterest and like, why do I always have to, or I didn't make the mess or all that kind of thing. So I try to, I try to say like, you know, it's not, it's not as relevant who made the mess. It's more that this has to be done in order for the next thing to happen. But it doesn't, it's like practically speaking, it doesn't always, no, kids don't always respond so well, even when it's not emotional. Sometimes it's emotional. And then of course it's not, it's never responded well to, but absolutely. If it always worked, we wouldn't be dealing with children. We'd be dealing with robots. Right. It doesn't always work, but it is important that we as the adults try as much as possible to always, um, always keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is that it's, it is about natural consequences. It is. And it is about if we're able to do this, you know, sometimes kids don't want to do it. You can understand that, but they have, you know, and they will learn that if Ima has to do everything, then we might not go to the park at all. And the older kids will understand it more than the younger kids. And the older kids might pitch in and do some of the, you know, responsibilities, quote unquote, of the younger kids. Um, they, they might be, and that's, that's nothing wrong with that. That's fine because at, the older we get, the more we see that, you know, we can do more and, and, and we can help out more and that's fine. Um, is it always going to work? It's not always going to work. But as they get older, right. it works more and more because they see that you follow through. And and sometimes things can be done as a natural consequence that's that's out of the out of the blue. Um, you know, you don't have to always give dessert, but if kids all sit down really nicely all at once, they cleaned up beautifully, they 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 did exactly what they were supposed to, you know, do that day, everything worked like clockwork. At the end of supper, you could say, you know what, today was so beautiful. I want to end it on such a beautiful note. I want it. I want it to be as sweet as the rest of the day. I want to give you ice cream for dessert. You know, so right. that there is they're they they're constantly hearing, um, they're constantly hearing these these things, um, and 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 experiencing them. So it's not just okay. You didn't do what you're supposed to do on time, so we can't go. Or right. um, you didn't do your homework, so can't do this. Can't do this. But the consequence is. To them, consequence equals punishment. But if right. as many times consequence is, wow, you did it so quickly, we can stay out an extra five minutes or we can, 
um, do, you know, go to the store for, you know, to not call that for a treat on the way home. You know, that those consequences have to be as prevalent as the negative consequences or to them consequence will mean punishment. Cool. And, and their parents that actually use the word consequence instead of punishment. I'll get calls from parents and say, should there be a consequence to this? I think it's like, you don't mean, should there be a consequence? You mean, should there be a punishment? Right. You know, and you use, and, and children learn what they live. If every time there's a consequence, it is negative. And consequence is not a consequence. Consequence is a punishment. Right. So we have to be honest with ourselves. I know you said in the beginning that, that um, giving rewards that are not natural and related some parents do them and they work. Is there any time where you could like almost categorize that this is this would be a good time to use a reward that's not natural? If you know your child is is very cranky or not you cannot reason at all with them and something needs to get done, that's the time when I would use call bribes. Something has to get done. Something you have no time you, you, you usually plan things better. Very often confrontation comes in when there's bad planning. So there was bad planning on your part as a parent. You need something to get done because of whatever reason. Then you can use bribes every once in a while. But if that becomes your modus operandi, that that's what you do. You're just constantly bribing your kid. Then you have to take a step back and ask yourself, what is, what, what is, this, you know, what are the, what are, what, what are the things in your life that you need to change in order that that should not be what happens consistently? Yeah. You're saying it's never ideal, but it's like, um, it's like a fallback. It's like, it's like a fallback it's a option. Fallback. It's a fallback option. And it's a, it's, it, it should, it should be used if you, if that's not going to be your way of encouraging your children to do things like, you know, you don't want to take the time to parent in a way where belonging and, and contribution to the house is becomes the culture that takes time. And that takes energy. There are mothers that don't have the time, don't have the energy, don't have the wherewithal to do that. So either they do everything themselves. It, it's a, it's a choice to want to parent in a way that is more, educational that you want to you want to you want to create a culture in your home of giving of working together of belonging right of contribution that takes time and that takes energy because in the beginning when your children first do it as little children they don't put the the groceries where you want them to be and or you have to do it together with them it takes three times as long so many mothers will say i don't have the time i don't have the patience i don't have the energy i'm just doing it myself you're not teaching your child. You're also not going to end up with the help that you would like later on because we want our teenagers to help us. Teenagers don't help if that's not their, their culture. That's not what they got used to. They got used to everything being done for them. They're not all of a sudden at the age of 14 going to start helping in the kitchen. Is there never a time for a bribe? I, I think there, there, are, um, there are times that bribes are necessary, but those should be for unplanned situations that come up that you have really no control over. Okay. That's, that's very helpful. Well, I guess the thing that I would always want to avoid is like when you do it enough times and consistently it becomes, it becomes and then the kids say things like, well, what are we going to get? What are we going right. to get if we do that? Right. Right. Um, also because you're not the only educator in their life and in a lot of other places that's used 
bribes are used all over school. You know, tihilim, they do yeah. tihilim at shul and they get candy and prizes. So it's not, they don't always feel the natural reward for things. So they jump to like, what are we going to get? An unfortunate reality. Remember, school, tihilim, you're, you're dealing, they're dealing with many, many children. And therefore, the ability to connect one-on-one and create certain cultures is much more difficult. Although as your children go through school, you will, um, you will come in contact with teachers that are able to do it, that are able to give them positive feedback and a feeling of accomplishment without any rewards. It's, 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 a, it's, an, it's a major feat. You as a teacher know that it, it's possible, but it's much, much more difficult. External right. rewards are much easier when it comes to teaching 28 kids at, at once. Okay, amazing. The example that I remember just from our family was what I told the ladies was that um, when we were growing up, cooking for Shabbos was not like, uh, it was something that everyone contributed to. It wasn't like, could you do this unimportant job? It was like, here's the menu. What are you taking care of? And then we each took things and felt very good about it and knew that what we were going to do was very important and it was needed. So already at seven, you can start with the culture, but we're, we're up to that where we have to think. But of- even, even younger than that, even younger than that, I mean, your, your sister Sarah has her kids unloading the dishwasher and they're way younger than seven. Okay, so you don't have a dishwasher. If you do have a dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher, unloading the groceries, um, putting the groceries away. And um, when things like that are done, um, even, you know, put it, putting their clothes in the hamper, just... Again, short, sincere, and specific. It's very helpful when the, when the clothes are, are put away, when your coat's hung up, when the knapsacks are hung up. We can find them so easily the next day. Those, those things are contributions to the home. Um, putting that, setting the table. Little kids can set the table. Right. Um, I think there's a list of things that kids can do. Watering plants, um, you know, whatever it is. And then to mention it when you call Sab and Safta or you call an aunt or uncle and say, you know, Racheli was so good today. She... You know, it was so helpful today. I wouldn't, that's a mistake. I would not use the word good. Um, I was going to say. So helpful today. She did X, Y, and Z. Yeah, no, I would not say good. It was very helpful when she did this. And then we were able to do this because of that. I was able to read her an extra book, you know, at bedtime because she got into her pajamas so quickly. Um, again, those are all natural consequences, you know. And then unfortunately, when you don't get in, then there isn't time for a story. Of course, when you have those consequences in place, you have to keep them, keep to them, which is very, very difficult. With most children, they learn the consequence and they move on. It, it's not, you know, it's as long as you're consistent. Consistency is a big, important word. Okay. Amazing. That's great. That's so helpful. I appreciate it. Okay. I'm going to pass pass on the... Pass on the good word. 